All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have Dr. Kelly Starrett. Now, today's episode is super special for a variety of reasons. One is uh, Kelly and I have been friends for a really long time, and after a decade of uh, you know uh, <laughs> developing a relationship, we are now releasing a program together with the Ready State and NC Fit. It's going to be super exciting. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. But also, this is episode 100. 100. Now, if you haven't gone back and listened to our previous episodes, we'd really appreciate it. These are stories and, and sharing insight from being in the trenches, talking about what our business is going through, and hopefully it provides some you know insight and value. If you do, we would really appreciate it. You could rate this podcast, review it, share it. There's no paid ads, but as a really great thank you, I just appreciate um, just telling somebody about it. Now, Kelly is a a world-renowned physical therapist. He's traveled around the world. He's met with the best in their class. And today we talk about what's going on with his gym. He's also a owner of San Francisco CrossFit. How is that going? How is COVID-19 going to actually create better coaches? These are just a few of the things we dive into in addition to talking about the Ready State launch and uh, NC Fit Plus. I hope you and your family are doing well. And let's dive into an incredible episode with Dr. Kelly Sarret. Let's go. Yeah, but no. you know, you know what people don't appreciate that. Look, if you're gonna go off the rails, and it happens all the time, go off the rails. But I mean, there's some negatives for that. But your coat will be as shiny as it's ever been. Like if you're just gonna pig out on Perfect Foods bars, I guarantee you, your skin just looks incredible. Like like <laughs> like a Labrador, you'll just be shiny. And like it's it's at least one of the upsides of what's happening right now with my ice cream addiction. On that note, uh, <laughs> Kelly, I'm drinking a lot more coffee. Oh yeah. So we are at uh, NC Fitness, our Mountain View location. We were just filming some content for a new collaboration that we're doing between the Ready State, which is your organization, and uh, NC Fit. And you know, over the years, we've known each other for so so long. We were just actually talking about um, rebuilding Kalipa like well over a decade ago. You and I did that in your parking lot. I'll never forget that because uh, 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 you sh- parking lot of dreams. Parking lot of dreams. That's what I, I guess if you want to call it that. And what? Uh, yeah, and, that was the uh, most cutting edge parking lot, elite parking lot there was. In fact, people don't know this, but the old Reebok red Reebok shoebox. Do you remember that shoebox? Yeah, box? the Delta. Yeah, of course. But the red one. It, it looked like a shipping container. Yes. Because they came to my gym and were like, this is awesome. No, 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 no. Hang on a second. Okay. So this is episode 100 of the Business of Fitness podcast. And uh, Dr. Kelly Serrett is here with us. And I just need to, to put an asterisk on something. You're telling me that the reason why Reebok had a commercial at the Super Bowl with the flying cargo uh, <laughs> storage containers. Yes. In no way. So they, because their boxes were designed to be um, shipping containers. Yeah, it was like they were at my gym and they were like, they, because they were filming a commercial for the Super Bowl uh, or, or another commercial and they came and shot in our parking lot and were like, this is amazing. No way. And then, and then that rolled out. Yeah, oh, dude, we have been around for a minute. That's, that was the inspiration for the Delta. That, or not the Delta, the, but for the, for the box. For the box. Yeah, and then the shoebox. And so every time I open the shoebox, I'm like, parking lot of dreams. Dude. So you guys started off in a parking lot a long time ago. And we've done a couple episodes on the Business of Fitness podcast. And we know that, you know, your business has evolved a lot. You know, you started off, you were, you were in, um, you know, physical therapy school. Then you, you ended up getting out, opening up, um, for lack of a better term, like an old school CrossFit gym. 
and then really grew your practice, really grew your YouTube audience, created digital products, created, um, you know, uh, and then expanded and opened up a brick and mortar location. So you have a lot of depth, right? Um, you have a few verticals, your business, you have the ready state, which is more digital focused and product focused. You have San Francisco cross, which is obviously a brick and mortar location. Um, and there's a lot of similarities to NC fit where we have our digital products, the NC fit collective and NC fit plus, but we also have brick and mortar. I mean, we're sitting in one of them right now and we have corporate wellness. And for us, you know, we, we had to shut down, um, all of our locations and I know you guys have shut down your locations. So I guess my question for you would be, I want to get into everything that we're doing together, but I want to start off with what's happening with San Francisco CrossFit and where do you see CrossFit gyms going with everything that's going on with um, COVID-19? Ooh, uh, where do you unpack that? So first and foremost, here we are, you know, this November we'll have been in that location or been in San Francisco as a CrossFit gym for 15 years. 15 years. So imagine taking something that you've been doing for 15 years. How many weeks days have I gone to the gym? So this is six weeks now. We've been, the gym has been closed six weeks since we got the shelter in place order. This is the longest time I've not been at San Francisco CrossFit in two decades almost. And, 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 and I want to dive into that because I feel the same it's, way. It's like a hole in my life. Because when I come to the gym to film sometimes by myself, right, or socially distant from other people, like it, it, it almost brings tears to me because it's not what I had in mind for the last 10, 12 years, we've been opening, we've had our gyms, like it's totally different. So how do you feel like, is, and why haven't you gone back? So you haven't gone back at all in six weeks. And what is the reason for that? I'm, I'm curious, because after 15 years- we, you, you know, we've got an office up in, near our house in Sarafield. So we, we're, I'm able to work there, film there. But you know, what's, what's crazy about that is really, you know, I think, so my defense mechanism as a kid, missing father, right? single working mother, me. And I just put this wall down over my feelings about like, I got this. That was really my attitude. I got this. Oh, really uncomfortable, really sketchy dad situation. I got this. And that strategy worked for me for a long time. So it's a great defense strategy. Like, no problem. Like, let's point positive. What can we control? Let's work on that. Right. And as an entrepreneur, Man, that really is a beneficial idea right now. I make the next best decision. I got this. I can't live in the past. I, you know, that's I just, what, what are my next choices? But when I have really started to confront the fact that we may not be around, and I, I let that guard down for a second, I feel exhausted. I feel exhausted because of the 20 coaches who work there, because of the 11 kids who work there, because of all the athletes that we support, right, because of all the the kids programs that we support there, like the, the number of things that we try to use the gym as a teaching hospital and as a, as a test kitchen, that's that Michael minute test kitchen. That's my, like my dream. Like yeah. we can, we cook up, we're users. Like we understand because we're driving the thing. That's, that's why I think we've, what we've done on the position mechanics mobility side has mattered to people because we are in the lab. We call it that we call it the, we have the NC fit athlete lab, right? And yes. We're in the lab because no one has it completely figured out. We're all still testing, developing, evolving. But I, I want to dive into that deeper. So, so you said to me, you know, the, the wall, and I, I, which I could, I could understand. But when you started kind of opening that door a little bit to maybe the chances of, is that is what you're talking about is not reopening potentially because of the unknown. You just want to shut that door real quick. I mean, so where are you feeling with that? What do you think is going to happen? We, you know, we, uh, restaurant businesses, I think this, 
we can wrap our heads around because everyone can appreciate a restaurant, even if you don't own a gym, right? So you have, they maybe have two weeks of working capital, right? That's typical a restaurant. restaurant, restaurant, right? And that's to pay people, buy groceries, do all the things they need to do. I think if you're a really well-running gym, you maybe you have a month, right? Just because it, you, you still have to pay everyone. Like this is the worst business ever. <laughs> In terms of margins, in ter- like in terms of the number of emotions and people and and relationships I have to manage, I mean, it is what I do. This is the only thing I can do. I, I'm not hireable. I'm a coach. You pin me down, you get me on the airplane. They're like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a coach." What yep. do you do? You know. Right. And um, so this is the only thing I know how to do. But what's interesting is, you know, when we start to sort of peel that back and appreciate the fact that we had a huge runway for San Francisco CrossFit. Juliet and I, because I think we were children of work, single working mothers, felt safe if we had a huge amount of cash in the bank. So we have really scrimped and saved and had a big war chest for San Francisco CrossFit because we just didn't know what, you know, what was going to happen. Whatever reason, it just felt like we felt like that was a little secret spot. And even inside of that, if knowing we, were, we offer health insurance to our coaches, like we, we're trying to make coaching professional. Right, the same. Like you and I are the same in terms of like saying, "Hey, look, I want you to come work here, not as a summer job or something you do after yeah. you work at the tech. This is what you do, right? And you're proud to say you do it for the rest of your life. I'm a professional coach. Right. What do you do? Right? Right? Oh, Yo, you sell software. Oh, that's cool. I'm a professional coach. Right? I, that means I'm a professional. So we have really tried to to bank that, and all of a sudden this black swan event comes around, and I just we just don't know. So the Presidio, right, our, is our landlord government of the United States, right? Our land, our lease is between us and the, the government. And what's really interesting is that in, they did not have a solution for us. And in April, they're finally like, okay, we'll just tack your, another month onto your lease. And we're like, fine. That's totally fine. Very reasonable for Very everyone. Very reasonable. Right? And so I, I, just to, to note what Kelly's saying is that let's just say he has a two-year lease. It's now going to be two years and one month. That's which right. Which essentially you got April for free. Even though we were close. Even though you're Right. But that's still, that was still a gift, in that's, a sense. Well, I don't know if it's a gift if we're federally mandated or state mandated to shut down. We're in federal part, right? Right. Regardless. Regardless. You didn't have to defer. pay for that month. We, yeah, still paid we, for, we still paid for two weeks of March, which we weren't allowed to be open. But uh, we're here there, right? <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. You're not bitter about so, it. Right? But they yeah. still, they still, it's a business. And right. I appreciate that the fire, the police, the infrastructure, people, like there's, once you own a business, as you, you see all the details. Like you never walk into someone's gym for, you know, because this is where we are. I don't. I look at how was the hand soap refilled. Look at how the ropes are are stacked. You know, I'm like, oh, look at how like someone had to stack the front office. You know, I mean, I just see all all I see is logistics, right? Yep, I don't. Yep, yep. I don't even. I'm like, look, there's all. Oh, there's also a good class going on. I have a brilliant coach. That's secondary to how I think now. And so I appreciate the presidios, you know, where they are. But the next thing they said is, hey, for May, you're going to be able to pay your May rent from October to January. So you're going to, sp- on our rent here, so commercial rents in big cities, which is not nothing, which is part, maybe part of the issue of this this thing, is we pay $23,000 a month for that rent. That's a lot. That's a lot. And uh, that's that's our space. Welcome to San Francisco. And we are just market. We're actually a little below market, right? So now we get to pay another $6,500 a month on top of the 23000 on a business that we don't know if it's going to stay open, can be open, can we have the number? So the question, I think the thing that feels uncertain to me is, I don't know. We don't know. Are we going to be able to open again and have 10 people? And when I, when I, you know, is it just an open gym? Is this a business model even works? So, you know, for me, 
when I crack that emotional door open, what I see is people. What I see is all of the thousands of world, I mean, the number of world champions, NFL star quarterbacks, you know, world record holders, you know, rock stars, people who come into our gym alone, that's cool. It's the, I have been coaching some of the athletes in our gym for 15 years. They came to us, bought us equipment that we still have 15 years ago. And so what you're starting to see is it's a small death of all these relationships because it's the, that's the thing that I love. I, like, want to coach air squats? I know you and I'll go over there and we'll coach the crap out of some air squats. And I'll never be bored for a second. I know you don't get bored because I watch you teach on the right. app all the time. Right? So what's really crazy is then thinking, okay, well, where does the pivot happen? How do we, do we let this thing go? You know, we've been digital for, you know, 10 years, really. You know, since 2000, when we really started, 2012 was when we became a paid-for website. It was one of the first fitness websites that was subscription-based. It's like us and the New York Times, really. Web 2.0 was kind of crazy. So now what we're seeing is like, wow, we have a real head start on physical therapy. We have a head start on people trying to support people in their homes. But that's only for a second. So now, if you don't innovate on that space, you're going to die. You're going to get, because you can hear the masses and the clouds coming behind you. Oh, yeah. And frankly, I think we were sort of at peak wellness, peak fitness. I mean, the number of Instagram booty shot, CBD, nail polish, toothpaste, MCT, like the fitness wellness space was shitty and crowded and full of a lot of bullshit. So what do you think is going to happen then? Well, I hope some of this writes itself a little bit. You know, the problem is, of course, in any pivot or regulation, we're going to lose really good people who just got overrun. You know, like I was just talking to a coach, incredible, brilliant NFL coach, has a couple gyms in Texas. He's like, dude, they're open movie theaters. You can't come to my gym. Like, how how do I run a business here? So that's, you know, how are you going to feed yourself? Fortunately for us, we've always felt like side hustle was the thing. We wanted to diversify. And maybe, that, again, that's because Juliet and I grew up as a little bit stressed people with, you know, not really a lot of revenue and wealth to lean on. So for us, you know, we have this big intrinsic drive of feeling unsafe. And, you know, it would be really interesting to see what, how my kids impact this. Like, what is the next generation of coaches? I think we're going to see some of the poor coaching go away. Like, you can't show up now in this space. You're talking about on Zoom. Earlier, you and I were talking about Zoom, right? You can't show up on Zoom and just be dancing around and expect people to stay engaged. Turn the music up, be like, go, you know, blow the whistle. Yeah. You know, at the end of the class, you have to coach and engage. So, Steve, I see that. How's that, how's that coffee going that you roasted, right? You know, I I just think what we're going to see is what's important. And what I also think is fitness as entertainment is going to be a tough sell for a second. Like, no, that's, really, that's a really interesting point I just want to point out is that when you came into the gym today, one of the things I thought was really interesting, and this is the first time I've heard it or thought of it, was, hey, you have these Zoom classes. Well, to be a Zoom class instructor, you need to be on, you need to be whatever. Or even if you're leading a class, right, and you're, you're not like necessarily watching the athletes, but you're just like a live workout, and you're, you need to be something more than just you know, all right, guys, work out three, two, one, go. And I, I do think it's going to require people to almost in that sense to like sink or swim, right? Because they're either going to have to step up to the plate and be an excellent coach or, you know, um, or not. It, it, because if you're just one of those coaches who is used to just kind of going through the motions, 
you're, you're probably not going to gain the type of attention and retention you need through digital, right? No, and, and the other thing I think we're going to have to wrap our heads around as a community is, look, in the last 10 years, we have figured out some things like body mass index, having some muscle mass, really paying attention to sleep, paying attention to stress, being in a tribe, a community, feeling safe. Like the gym, I, I'm like, wow, maybe the gym has nothing to do with working out. Maybe it's the, the reason the gym is so magical is that people come in and they see their family, they see their friends of 10 years, they work out together, they have a shared experience. That's as human and as vital to our success as human beings is, as, heavy, as heavy deadlifts. Right. I mean, it really is. Right. You know, so how do we take those lessons now and if we peel away the veneer of us as a strength and conditioning group and actually say, okay, so we, we can, we'll step, the E.O. Wilson, sociobiologist, like my hero, says the highest service of science is to, is to serve the humanities. That's the goal of science. We learn science so we can improve the lives and move the, the society at large. Ultimately, pure science needs to happen, of course, but science really is about this. And what I know is that our gyms have been that scale model where we have been taking what we learn about the best practices and trying to help people develop them so they could be more successful CEOs, so they could be more successful moms at home, they could be some more stay-at-home dads, right? Whatever it was that they were doing, we were saying, hey, here's the lessons we've learned in performance for the last 15 years. Let's apply them to your lives so that you're a more functional, capable person. Now, just turn 90 degrees and look at your school. Turn 90 more degrees and look at your, your greater community. How are we doing, right? And what you're seeing is that we have communities of color, communities of so, poor socioeconomic status, who are high, high rates of diabetes, high rates of obesity, right? Metabolically deranged, cardio, cardiovascular deranged, like, and they are susceptible. So suddenly, this wellness fitness is about national security and social justice. Mm. That means if you're a coach and you're supporting community, that for me is like you're a first responder and we have this moral obligation right now to sort of become the next wave of healthcare professional and actually lead because we're like, oh, we've run this experiment for the last 15 years. Our experiment got yeah. terminated, but now let's go ahead and pivot and let's think differently about applying these lessons. Right, either digitally or when you get back in your brick and mortar. But I think, I, I am curious though, like, you know, I talk about this idea of like second January where basically what I mean by that is like when people do start coming back in, it's going to be a beautiful moment because people are going to be able to re-engage and come back into this place that they love so much. But I worry that that'll not be for a long time to come. And even when we reopen, it won't have that same second coming because, because you have to wear masks and it's just, it's, it, it, the atmosphere and vibe will be off. And so I'm curious, like if you had to be a, if you were betting, you know, in the U S when do you think on average gyms will be able to reopen with a clean, like, the right vibe. I'm, I'm curious. That's a really, that's really interesting. You know, we, the amount of high-fiving, like at our gym, you are not allowed to walk in the door and someone doesn't make eye contact with right. you. Right. That is like, it's a value. So part of it, of reason you come to the gym is because you're seen. It may be the only time and it's front office staff, someone shouts, hey, what's up? Like you're from for the first time. Three people are like, how can I help? What do you need? But we make everyone shake hands in the beginning of every class, people have been working out together for a decade, still have to introduce themselves, shake hands and say hi, because it's how we connect, right? We've put this formal process in, so you strip that out. And I'm like, well, you know, I can work out on my own, you know? I don't know, you know? I think 
you're going to see that people are like, wow, I really do like to be coached. It turns out coaching is a stable skill. How do I know? Well, if you play in the NBA, you have a coach. If you play in the NFL, you have a coach, right? You play, you do any sport in the world, you have a coach. So why wouldn't you have a coach to train you to help you move better, right? To pr help program, help you spot deficiencies. So what we see now is that, yes, you can do 10,000 burpees in front of your couch, that's not programming. That's mm. busy work. Right. Right. So I think there's going to be a rebound of people like, holy shit, I really miss coaching on the one hand. And on the other hand, I also have this need for like, what do you mean you don't know how to swing a kettlebell at home? Like, you don't need me for that. Haven't I taught you well enough? So the, the sort of split, you know, when is it going to open? We live in California. We're, you know, we have stricter shutdown laws and rules than everyone else. You know, will it ever be the same? You know, how many gyms are we going to lose, right? How many anchors in their community are we going to lose? 50%, 70% Are the big chains going to go? I just don't know. Yeah, I think you bring up some really valid points though about you actually shine some positive light on, I think, world-class coaching. If, you, if you're actually a really great coach, right? And, and you could be an owner, and you might have to shut down your brick and mortar and you might need to pivot to a more digital product. And I think that there's some scariness about that because you've developed a set of skills the last decade, let's just say. And those skills are you've learned how to coach effectively, but you've also learned how to run a brick and mortar business. There's a big difference between learning how to coach effectively and run a brick and mortar than learning how to coach effectively and run a digital business. Oh and my I think gosh. there's going to be a big learning curve. And so the, <laughs> the, the amount of talking we did yesterday about our page load speed and like what color our call, what changing, what's the optimal color for our call to action button? Like, I mean, like it's sophisticated. You can see what I, what I think we have to remember is that why did you get into this in the first place? If you're a gym owner, well, you like to coach theoretically. You did not do this for the money. I mean, no. you, you did it for the fame and the money. Uh, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Why not? But, uh, Back the, in 08, the, you know, the, <laughs> that whopping 1200 bucks I won from the CrossFit Games. You killed it. So, you know, one of the things that I used to train, um, karate. I used to fight karate in Colorado and the master of the style lived in Durango or lived in Denver. And he always said, if worse comes to worse, I can go back to the park, hang up my heavy bag and start again. Right. I can have start with one student again, just the way I did. I can pare down. If we are coaches, I guarantee you we'll be able to start again. Right. And the same way we, we can take the lessons, it's going to be brutal, where if I'm an owner, suddenly I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm going to people's homes, I'm trying to rebuild a, this is how I feed my family, right? Or I'm going to have to get another job. So maybe, you know, you're going to have to pull back and actually do some real coaching and some things that you haven't done as a CEO business owner for a minute. Um, but, you know, if you got injured in a sport, what do you do? You start from scratch, right? We got to rehab this. We got, it's going to take, I had a surgery, so it's going to take a minute to rebuild my fitness. So let's be all cognizant of the fact that we all are really robust and we've been building this body for the long game. Let's, how do we just take the lessons that we can? I mean, how many kids this, so you think, so there's a couple of things that I think that we're, we're not, no one's talking about. One is that this is the only first pandemic we're seeing. Globalism. I'm not talking about globalization. Globalization is is sharing of resources, all the positives. Globalism is easy to knock things off in other countries, oh, yeah. right? Easy to yeah. steal. Like th those are all the things that go along with globalization, right? Globalism is, a, is easy to share a virus around the globe. Are we going to see this again in our lifetime? Yeah, there's, it's going to happen again, right? Because this is who we are now culturally. It's so easy to share. Wait till climate change hits. 
Wait till we have Miami's displaced. Wait till Texas is like what I think is interesting is that I hope in this generation we heard the lessons and we become more robust and we become more kind of self-organized mm. around being able to withstand some of these things in the future. Um, I, I don't th think we need to live our lives, but this old sort of blind step on the gas, you know, sell your product on Amazon as fast as you can, get your little cut of the pie. I think that's over. And maybe that's just the natural maturation cycle of this thing. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think what, what we have an opportunity here is to say, what is it that's essential about my community? How do I do that? Maybe that's in my garage again, you know, where I started in my backyard. Maybe I can't afford my gym, but I'm a coach. Right. I'm going to keep coaching. The next wave of destruction, which we haven't talked about, do you have kids? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I got kids. <laughs> what's the name of your, what's your middle name of your son? Uh, yeah. And um, the, the, what are they going to do for summer camp? Right. Oh, there's no summer camp. We oh. Gotta get, so we got to get kids moving. Oh. I, I do think one of the Holy things that, crap. You're, that you're pointing out that's really valuable and I hope people take on is that for a long time, people have worked hard to become experts in their craft at something. And some people haven't. Some people have just tried to, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Sure. I think those people are going to be probably struggling right now because they don't have a foundation and a framework to build off of. But if you have built up and you became an expert at something, there's probably a way for you to build it back up just like your old karate instructor. Hey, I'm going to go hang a bag. I'm going to do one student at a time just the same way you built it up. And I think the, for those people who are on the edge anyways, maybe this is a really good time to have a deep evaluation, understand where do we want to go and is this part of my plan for the future? Because right now is a great time to sit back and reflect, I think. And Yeah, what, yeah. what is essential? Do we, have, do we offer, you know, if we could wave a wand and, and pull out, um, turns out being able to cook is a really important skill that people sort of underappreciated, right? And, um, you know, being able to appreciate that if you're, you know, you're going to be have to be responsible for your musculoskeletal pain. So, you know, because I'm a physical therapist, I also wear this physical therapist hat. I have all these really difficult and interesting conversations on the other side of the wall. I talk to people with persistent pain and chronic pain who can't see a doctor, can't see a massage therapist, can't see a chiro, mm. can't see a PT, can't get their injections, can't get their meds. Like what we're realizing is that, man, we, we had a system that largely, I mean, of course, black swan event, you know, hopefully this will never happen again, but we had a system that largely, especially in fitness, especially how easy it was to open a gym, like, you know, 2000 bucks in a light yeah, industrial yeah. space and some barbells and you're, you've got a gym is that that was a meta stable system. So that, that restaurant that just closed in New York is a really good example in this next generation, you know, we need to be thinking, is this a stable business model restaurant if the the workers don't have health care, if the the owner can't retire someday, right? There's there's not been wealth. So how are we going to think differently about what the model looks like? So that $3 beer maybe is a $4 beer or $5 beer, right? Because that's the real cost instead of doing things on the back. And so if we're going to make professional coaches, if we're going to say, okay, this is the time where the, we got consolidated, we didn't have the choice, then what is it we want this profession to look like? What do we want, you know, where I'm like, oh yeah, the people who survived, not only did they survive in spite of this, but then they up their 401k, they created yep. plans, they made it so their coaches were proud to work there and could weather this. And hopefully we don't have to stay shut down for three months again and again and again. But this is the moment where we can also say as a, as a profession, man, it, I cannot just be a cheerleader with a set of dumbbells. I'm going to need to be 
more effective at teaching sleep and down regulation and nutrition and movement and diagnostics and pain. I got to be, I got to, I got to up my game. You got to up your game. And I think that leads to, you know, one of the reasons why we're together right now is that we've known each other a really long time and NC fit has multiple verticals of their business. One of our business verticals is called NC fit plus, which is our at home workouts and also for in gym workouts for people worldwide. And we recognized that there was this need for uh, mobility work. And when that need was there, you know, we would just put in like, oh, get in five minutes of uh, stretching or something like that. It's like, dude, no, we are not providing a premium product. That's, that's, that's just the kind of like a, the easy way out, right? Let's partner up with someone who's an expert in the space and let's really provide tangible tools for people that can actually make a difference instead of just saying, go stretch for five minutes. And I mean? we are users. Like our clinical experience, what you're seeing on the ready state is the expression of the fact that we used to have a gym and we've been supporting. I speak your language. I use what you do. I believe in the program that you do. I know how skilled you and your staff are and how meticulous and thorough and obsessive you are. It was, it's so easy for me. You actually solved a gigantic problem for me because people are like, where do I start? And I'm like, oh, you want to start here? I got you. I got these guys. I never, ever have to do that lift ever again. And the future is also being able to collab in this time, particularly we're seeing that, Hey, this is the time to get with your friends and slingshot together. Totally. Take turns drafting. Let's magnify each other. And what you see is even, you know, there are people theoretically in that we compete with. They're not competitors, right? There's, there's, we're not serving enough people there. We haven't solved this problem enough. And so suddenly you're like, you know, I have friends on the other side of the, of the country. I'm like, how can I help? You know, what's yeah. up? You know, point people at them. And this is the time to shine lights on what you think is excellent. And then double down on that. Yeah. The more people, you know, I think that in this, this is also the gym mentality. That's really tough is, you know, people are like, Oh, that's our competitors. Like, dude, you might have 200 members. Let's just say you have 10,000 online clients. Dude, there's millions and millions and millions of people in this world and we need to get everybody moving. And so what, what the ready state and NC fit have done is combine our programming, our session plans, all the things that we've been putting out for not only gym owners, but now the end user. And now we're incorporating, um, Dr. Kelly Surrett's and the Ready State to then have downregulation, post mobility recovery with um, lacrosse ball or uh, a, a foam roller. We try to keep it really simple. Yeah, just and get I, people started. Just get people started. And I think that you know, I, I hope the takeaway for everybody listening is not only the fact that you know after a decade of of knowing each other, we're finally collaborating. We're super excited for how premium this product's going to be, and I think it's going to be the first of its kind. That's great, but also the fact that you could. You need to call your friends and you need to say, hey, look, right now is a really tough time for everybody. How do we add value for others? How do we enhance our product? And how can we do it together? Because I think that's the, that's the one of the ways we're going to get through this. You know? I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm going to swear here, but you cannot be a dick. Do not be a dick. Is dick a swear word? Ugh, and here's the reason. You know, you and I have known each other. You've held doors open for me. I try to point people at you. Like, just as friends, right? Like, you've stayed at my house. I know your family. Like, you know what I mean? Like... I called you a lot in one period of your life. And, um, you know, I think people can't appreciate that relationships and, and natural overlap comes, but it, it may take a minute, right? So we've never had to force a friendship or force, do work with your friends. Like if making, if it's easy, it's fun to make money with your friends. That's fun. But also sometimes, you know, what we're going to appreciate is that many of us have been in this journey together for decades they're the people who really understand. I don't have to explain my life to you or any other aspect. And so it's so effortless for me to be able to walk in, 
to your platform and universe and understand what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing. I've known all your coaches forever. I mean, there is the GoMat woman over here who I've known for like a decade, right? So, you know, I think what's so fun is, you know, we have a chance to, to up our game, to solve problems for each other. You know, I don't have to be everything to anyone anymore. I don't, I don't try to be that. I'm like, oh, there's programming? Let me show you world-class programming. Dude. That's such a good way to kind of finish off this is like one of the things that I've learned over the years is like for too long, we try to be everything to everybody. And I think you just say, hey, who are we? Where do we align with? What are we really good at? And then, you know, outsource for other things. I think that's a hey, great Dude, have you way. ever tried to teach while moving dumbbells up and down? You're a maniac. Oh, I, like like I, I saw you try to couch stretch today and, and talk <laughs> at the same time. This is kind of tricky. I'm so glad that I never have to do burpees and talk about the clock and what's going on. Like you are, you guys are so good at that. And uh, you know, he, here's what I also really appreciate about you know you create an entire ecosystem of coaching and support and teaching. But the the NC Go is really just the stripped down essentialism, which is hey, when you have a rowing machine, when you have a barbell. There are great programming options, but here's what you need to have at home to be able to program for yourself, keep yourself robust, fit, intact, cardiovascularly intact, metabolically intact, and we're doing the same thing. Here's the basics of what you need to know as a human being to be able to take care of your body, right? Like we're not going deep diving, voodoo floss, like sacral nerve, we're just saying, here are the basics, let's master the basics, and the basics will get us a long way. The program that you're doing, especially at home right now with a pair of dumbbells or one dumbbell and a jump rope, oh my gosh. Like I say, you can get me to the Olympics with that stuff. Dude, it's, it's crazy how that works, and it's very authentic to me right now. You know, that's, that's all I've been doing. I touched a barbell for the first time in over a month because I do this workout every year for my daughter's birthday, and I hadn't touched a barbell at all in a month. And since that day, I still haven't touched a barbell, and I'm perfectly fine, and I feel super fit. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And so I think the collaboration between the Ready State, NC Fit, and everything we have going on, I'm super excited about. I'm so proud to be able to work with you guys. And, I mean, I love your family so much, and, but your staff is rad. Dude, the staff, is, yeah, our team is great. And so, guys, if you haven't heard about what we have going on, um, we're going to go ahead and put out all, everything in the show notes. But the Ready State and NC Fit, we're collaborating I believe what we're doing is industry leading and, and first of its kind, and we can't wait for more teams to collaborate and for this entire industry to continue to raise up And because um, when the tide rises, all the boats you you got to get better. They go up. Well, I mean, I mean, I have this friend who's a CrossFit Game champion, and I'll, I'll tell you what, everyone shows up fitter the next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and that really is the model. I mean, what, what is the model? Do you, let's, you know, the last thing I'll say is how would you define winning fitness? You don't. Right when you can do everything you want to do for as long as you want to do it, right? How do you win business? When you have deep, meaningful relationships, when you do work that matters, when you can support community and family, when you know you don't feel stressed all the time about making rent, maybe that's winning. But you know, like we can't win these things. All we're going to do is play better and better and better. And right now we have an opportunity. You know, my favorite book in the world is Dune, and there's a scene where you know Paul. The young Paul, you know, puts his hand in the box, and uh, and he's subjected to this intense pain, right? She's she's making him think that his hand is melting, but if he pulls his hands out of the box, she kills him. So he's got to choose to keep his hand in the box, right? And her test is observing how he deals with that crisis, right? And 
that she, she's like, our test is crisis and observation. You don't have to manufacture crisis. You've been training for this at home. Every negative talk you've had to yourself on a salt bike, that's to prepare us for the crisis. You want to find out who people are now? Find out what they're doing. Find out who they're supporting. You can see everyone for their truest colors right now. Like, it is the greatest lie detector test of all time right now. On that note, I, I don't know the Book of Doom, but I don't know about the box with the with the incredible pain. I will go look that up. And uh, all right, brother. Well, thanks for coming by today, and uh, we'll be in touch. Appreciate you guys.